Good morning, everyone. This is Courtney here on the Soma Mama podcast. I'm here to share with you a solo episode today on mental health. <clears throat> and for those of you who have been listening to Soma Mama for a while now, you likely have gathered that mental health is a very important topic to me. Uh, it is one of my, the pillars of my business, Soul to Soul Wellness. And I'm currently halfway through my grad program in social work to become a mental health therapist. And there's a lot that I want to talk about here, um, given just some recent occurrences in the news and in the world and in this lifetime. <laughs> and, um, and also, I will open up and share with you kind of my journey with mental health. And why it's important to me, why it's important to me to talk about, and why it's important to me ultimately to share stories, share stories of my own, share stories of other people, um, their hardships, their joys, their achievements, their downfalls, etc. Um, so for those of you who are just human in this world who digest news resources or listen to podcasts, um, you are probably now aware of Stephen Twitch Boss's um, death that happened just last week by suicide. And here's a where I'm going to enter. If you are activated by the topic of suicide or um, perhaps have had suicidal thoughts yourself, I will pop a, um, pop a note in the show notes and just so you're aware before you listen, or maybe you stop now and pause and say, mm, am I ready to listen to this? And if not, that's, that's perfectly okay. Maybe you come back to it another day or never. There's total compassion and grace there. Um, so man, his death really, really shook my core. And um, as do all deaths in general and specifically deaths by suicide. And it's not that I know, I knew Stephen Twitch Boss or his family um, on a personal level. Um, but, you know, I found, I came across he and his wife and his family via social media. And then, um, found, you know, eventually found out that he was a DJ on um, Ellen, the Ellen DeGeneres show, and a really good um, friend of hers. And he was previously a, a star on So You Think You Can Dance. And um, that's how he met his wife nine years ago. Um, so I speak of all of, I speak of him and his story and his family with ultimate love and respect and regard and condolences and I just want to take a moment of breath and of silence for them right now I think what's important to say here is well for one <laughs> there's not many words right there's feelings there's somatic sensations there's heartache and wonder um, but the words that come through to me are wow you even when you know someone you don't know what you may not know what they're facing 
right? It could be your partner, it could be a family member, it could be a coworker, it could be a best friend. And I think it's safe to say there's this collective feeling of shock or disbelief when, when, some, when someone takes their own life, um, as if you never saw it coming, right? And when I digest that, I, I go into just the plethora of thoughts of like, oh my goodness, like were there any signs or indications or were there ever any feelings ex expressed or, you know, was this, did this person see a counselor or a therapist or, and it's, I feel that it's often um, that these are the people with the strongest lights. They light up other people. They bring joy to other people. And they are always diverting attention from themselves. And that could be a testament to the silent battle that they're facing, that they're walking every single day that none of us are aware of. And in my professional work, uh, again, I'm, I'm still in training, but I've done a lot of work and studying in somatics and in trauma, and my undergrad degree was in behavioral neuroscience, and I've worked with individuals with disabilities, I've worked in the non nonprofit space, I've worked in the health and wellness sector, and there's a commonality between mental and physical health everywhere. Every Everyone is a human, everyone has a potential to face struggle day in and day out, and it can literally happen overnight. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter how much money you've made. It doesn't, it doesn't matter who your partner is. It doesn't matter how amazing your kids are. It can happen to anyone. And I know... There's the topic of, you know, death by, by suicide being um, very cowardly. And that's not something that I wish to talk about today. Um, but I do want to acknowledge that as, as on the receiving end, on the other side of it, there's a, a bandwidth of emotions between anger and sadness and deep sorrow and regret and frustration and irritation and remorse and and... I, I, that's all to say those who are impacted, it's, it's not a, you know, I was reading an article yesterday about Stephen's death and it wasn't like the, the, the author was addressing like his friends and his family members and people who loved him. They're not making this about them. It's not a selfish matter. They're really just shedding light on how wonderful of a light and how wonderful of a human that he was. Um, and these people are left with their own feelings and, and their own grieving processes and, we need to leave space for those too, right? We as humans are sentient beings. It's, it's our job to feel emotions. We are hardwired to feel sensation and to share that and share in that experience with other people. And here is where I will segue to a bit of my journey and a bit of my experience <clears throat> um, growing up as a white female in a middle class family. I have had a wonderful family system. Yes, it's been dynamic and as have the relationships um, within my familial system, but I think that's the name of the game for most of ours. Most of our familial units, which vary from little to none to 
a family of 300 people or more. Um, so I came into this world as a deep feeler, <laughs> a highly sensitive per person, an empath, um, someone who just has a sense of wonder for the, the depth of emotion, the depth of the emotional experience um, that we that we bear witness to and that we are a part of as humans. Um, and oftentimes throughout my life, when my self-critic has kicked into gear, I've wondered like, why me? Why? Like this, this is really painful. This is really shitty at times when I wish I just couldn't care or I wish I just didn't feel that. And I do, I, I feel almost everything. And unfortunately, given some of the spaces and, and places and folks that I've built relationships with throughout my life span, that, that sense of um, feeling and depth of emotion hasn't always been welcomed. And so that's left me feeling isolated, misunderstood, not known. And I'm here to tell you that there are spaces and places and people who wholeheartedly understand how you are hardwired as a human, right? They may not live inside of your brain or your psyche, but there are many ways in which they can relate. And I have found those people and I have found those practices and those spaces and those communities and those places where I am accepted and I am understood. And I want you to know that that's true for you too. If you've yet to find those spaces within your community or within your lived experience, um, so at the age of, of 12, I would say that's, that's kind of my first instance of a, of a mental health concern. Um, you might hear a dog barking in the background. It's my neighbors. Uh, so I was battling multiple eating disorders, um, bulimia, anorexia. I'll also put um, a note in the show notes in case this is activating for you. Please skip over it. Um, and then what, what tr truly turned out to transcend into orthorexia. Um, and I just remember feeling this pain within my soma, within my body that, that couldn't be released, that needed to be released. And um, amidst societal pressure and, and watching, you know, my sisters who were much my senior and had different bodies and were in different stages of adolescence and puberty, but my little mind didn't realize that. I didn't know that. And so I was just striving to look like them and look like the woman on the, the magazine cover. And I had a little bit of childhood fluff and that's how I was built and that's okay. And I know that now, but in the moment as a 12 year old, I felt so much pressure to assimilate and to look better and to look different and so I struggled with the eating disorder really heavily for for a year which in the grand scheme of things is, is not that long right I know for many eating disorders can stretch decades lifetimes um but my my weight loss was so rapid that I almost reached the point of hospitalization and um, again I was 12 like I was a young baby adolescent and um, it got to the point where my purging felt like a pain release, like I would feel that somatic high um, when that happened. And, and the fact of the matter is, even though I, I went to counseling and I started to gain weight back and, and physically I got healthier, that eating disorder didn't just leave me. It didn't just stop overnight. So stressful times in high school and in college even, 
I would have the ur- the urgency um, to purge, to relieve, to let go of the stress, the angst, the pain that I was feeling. And that's the way that I knew how. I think for many people, they talk about their relationship with substances, with um, alcohol and drugs. And I'll say, fortunately, that's not one of my own. Um, I did grow up with alcoholism um, in the family. And so I, I truly felt this fear of like, if I touch alcohol, I'm going to become an alcoholic. I thought that that's how that worked. Um, so yes, I drink and I've dabbled in substances, but um, my body, I, I trust my body in what it knows. And it's always not allowed much, if anything at all. Um, so for me, that hasn't been my vice, but but my relationship with food and body image have been comp- incredibly complex. Um, and, and also my relationship with, with intimacy, with not only romantic intimacy, but allowing people really in. Um, and I'm someone who can elect- intellectualize the shit out of anything. I can have a philosophical con- conversation, but for the longest while, that was as this like protection mechanism to not penetrate me, to not like really get to my core. Um, and yeah, I would talk about people's feelings and hardships all day long, but it became incredibly challenging for me to share my own. And I do want to say that that practice of vulnerability began at around the age of 16. Um, maybe even earlier. I remember around the age 14, 15, talking to friends in, in middle school and high school who were also facing, facing eating disorders. And I would always just extend a hand and, and just say like in the ear, like I'm, I'm here for you. And eating disorders are so tricky because um, oftentimes when, when someone's in the thick of it, they may not know or they may not want to know. And it, it's very similar to addictive tendencies as well. So it can be really hard to approach them even as lovingly and as gracefully as possible because oftentimes they will want to push you away. And and it seems to, as, seems to be as if it backfires, right? That lending that helping hand. Um, so again, for me, sometimes in extending that to others, it just looked like physical presence. It just looked like giving them a hug. It just looked like, you know, letting them non-verbally know, like, I'm here for you and I see you. Um, and I continue to do that to this day with, with any trauma or hardships that people face. Um, as I wholeheartedly believe, wholeheartedly believe these things need to be talked about. And I've witnessed firsthand people's soul being shipped away at as they continue upon the path of self-destructive behaviors without even really knowing it, right? This really may be coming from a place of generational trauma or somatic trauma, something deeply embedded within the subconscious. Um, they might even have the cognizant thought of like, why is this happening, but not know how to rewire it or rechange it. Um, yeah, kind of little comedic relief is when you like, you might, there are certain tendencies or aspects about your parents or your caregivers that you might not want to embody. And then you get to that stage in life and you begin to embody them and you're like, what, what took, I've tried my whole life not to do this. Why, how is this happening? And again, I know that can be very serious and it can also be comedic. There's a, there's a range, there's a spectrum there. Um, so, so life, like, 
continued on from age 12. Um, and very blessed, like so much love and support around me. I was an athlete and I exceeded academic excellence and leadership and like I was doing all the things and and underneath anxiety and perfectionism and people pleasing were running rampant so they were literally like ruling everything that I did especially throughout high school and I was like I tied for salutatorian in my small high school class but I at the time as an adolescent thought that I might not graduate high school and you hearing that might be like, that is so backwards, what? And when I digest that in my own psyche, in my own body, I'm like, that's anxiety. And that was really low self-belief. Like not thinking that I could reach the end, even though I was already exceeding all expectations um, of self and others while I was in it. So of course I graduated high school, of course I graduated college, and now I'm excelling in a grad program. Um, but it, it like really for a while I was like I was doing it for other people. I, I wasn't really doing it for myself. Academics became a way to receive affirmation and accolades which as a people pleaser I liked and I appreciated and very I can think of very few incidents of, of like conscious academic rebelliousness or rebellion in my adolescent years and college years even um, and in fact most of the moments of just like I need a freaking break came with panic attacks um, and so I would get so worked up over a test and exam in college and, and other life things that I would just, I, I would just freeze. I would have a panic attack in college that would look like breaking down and walking myself to the counseling center. And um, similarly in high school, I would walk into the arms of a dear friend and break down. And I do have to give myself a pat on the back and a really cozy hug and, and having those contingencies set set already, and I don't really know where they came from. Like, yes, at the age of 12, my parents found me a counselor to see, and I, and I appreciate that. Um, but always, like, in the, in the depths of despair, I've been like, go to counseling. Just, like, knee-jerk response. And I, I recognize that's not a knee-jerk response for many. And for many, it can feel incredibly hard to go talk to someone or... To fight the anxiety of like, well, I need to find someone that I like a therapist that I align with, and that stresses me out. And I understand that if you're already not feeling at your best, and then you feel like you need to find someone who actually understands you, that feels even more stressful. Um, but I have compiled some resources in the show notes, and I um, there's one that I've recently come across called One Path Collective, and it also suits folks who don't have insurance. Um, and you can kind of filter through mental health professionals um, and finding someone near you in person or virtually um, that, that would suit your needs well. Um, so, so fast forward to really age 24. Um, <clears throat> I ended up back in my hometown after... Um, traveling and living overseas for a couple years, very wanderlust, whimsical. Those days were wonderful, and I and I so appreciate them. There was so much that was learnt, 
um, just experientially by doing, by kind of throwing myself off the deep end and just figuring things out on my own. Um, and when I landed back at home, I landed there with the intention that I'd be there for a few months, make some more money, and then either move somewhere for grad school or travel again. And I am here to tell you that's not what happened. <laughs> I stayed at home for a year and a half and I freaking face planted. Um, I felt like absolute shit. I, at one point, and I say this all grace and compassion, had convinced myself I had a brain tumor because I had such raging headaches. I was not feeling my body properly with nutrition by any means. I was frozen. I, everything I did wasn't making sense and that, that was really frustrating to me. And when I look back, I actually think of the book, Pema Sh- um, When Things Fall Apart by Pema Chodron, um, because I was unraveling. That's what was happening, but I didn't realize that. Um, and um, so I stayed in the discomfort, and I went to counseling, <laughs> And amidst that, that's when I really started to lean more into some of the practices that I had learned elsewhere, such as yoga. So I had completed my yoga t- teacher training. I'd had a yoga practice kind of off and on since age 16. Um, I started going to like sound bathing experience, sound bath experiences. I um, That's when I found craniosacral, which I'm now a craniosacral therapist because I loved so much. Um, nutrition. I sought out nutrition advice. Um I started going, just seeing a direct primary care physician who was really um, just welcoming with with everything that I was facing mentally, emotionally, physically, and as well as a nurse, nurse practitioner in my hometown, and they worked closely together, and I just felt so held and cared for in that care experience, and and I can definitely attest now living elsewhere to that not always being the case, and having those intimate connections especially when it comes to your health are so important and to have people who will go to bat for you and who will advocate for you in those moments when you feel that you can't advocate for yourself um so slowly but surely I like experienced a relationship that was super toxic and I was able to pull myself out of that over like a six month time frame But in the midst of it, I was like, Courtney, what is happening to you? And why is this happening? And you're smart and you're like, you have dignity and you have integrity and why are you here? And it literally felt like I was just magnetically being pulled to like yuck and muck and blah. And all the while I was pulling myself out of it, but I couldn't see that at the time. And I remember distinctly in one therapy session, looking at my therapist thinking like, I want to be you. Like, I, w- I want to be in that role. I want to be a therapist. Uh, like, she's a wonderful individual, but not like, I want to be you. I was just like, I, I want to be that, and I'm, and I'm here right now, and I, and I absolutely do not feel like I can. Like, imposter syndrome was on full blast. And um, needless to say, like, I started getting better one step at a time, just showing up at the time I had, like, quit all my, I was doing so much and all these side hustles and then I quit all my jobs and I was doing nothing and I was so tired every single day. All I could think about was getting into bed and then I'd get into bed and my mind would be on full blast and I couldn't fall asleep 
And that I never, that was scary. I was uncomfortable. I'd never experienced that in my life. And then I'd feel frustrated and I'd feel anxious and angry. Um, and it, it, it just slowly got better over time. Um, and there were some hard things that I had a close family member pass away during that period of time. And there were also some really wonderful things. I reconnected with my long lost love. And, um, and even when that happened, I was thinking like, I'm not worthy of this connection right now. Like I am, and I hate to say it, but like, broken and I and I and I'm going to bring clarity there because I feel really activated when people say I'm broken I'm like no you're effing not you're not broken you might feel like you're in tiny little pieces that does not mean you're broken you are still one you are still whole and you have the resources within to piece these little tiny shattered pieces back together and again like I a lot of the times it's just the like mind-blowing nature of our human psyche is like we could already be doing the things that might be supporting us but we don't realize that we are we're not conscious we're not aware that we are um and so you know more life things happened I transitioned like living location I moved across the country and um and then I became pregnant and we were in a pandemic and I would say like my mental tenacity was was pretty strong. I was able to like rewire and rewrite thoughts. And even though I had one of my struggles, deepest struggles during that time was that I wasn't working. And I had the knowing of like, well, court, like work doesn't write your self-worth, but it was really hard to be in stillness and to be, and I mean, I was with my partner and I was pregnant, but to literally be in isolation, like and I'm someone who so appreciates acts of service and doing for others. And I was in a brand new place and I was safe. I was happy. I was in, I'm in love. Um, but I like that, that was that. And that's more than enough. I'm here to tell you that's more than enough. But again, in, in the midst of it, I was like, but I'm not working. I'm not safe. I don't have a, like a big savings, um, account to fall back on when I bring this child into the world. And, and I'm here to tell you on the other side of it, like things worked out and we had an abundance of support. And for that, I'm so, so grateful. Um, so then fast forward to six months postpartum and that's when I kind of hit another, it wasn't, it wasn't a rock bottom, but it was a tiny brick wall where I was like, I need help. I need support. I don't feel well mentally, physically. I, of course, there's so much that comes with the birthing experience, and, and and what I realize is like I not only birthed a beautiful, healthy child, but I birthed like bleh, like emotional blood energy, like spiritual yuck, like just things in my body that needed to be released, generational patterning, and so my mind was struggling. And, um, and also still struggling with that idea of like, I need to be serving to feel, to feel good and, um, and not even to feel worthy. Um, and I do, do believe that I am someone who does better doing something than nothing because I, because that's my spirit. I like to give and I've learned the hard way that I have over given, um, periods of my life and I've now know how to retract and turn keep things in balance um 
So again, sought out a counselor in a brand new place, had to hop online to find one. And even that, even then it didn't feel like the perfect fit, but it was something. It was an avenue once a week where I could collect my thoughts and download them and let them go. And from an energetic perspective, I believe that's energy release. That's letting go of something that might otherwise be kept within and be causing you distress or internal dis-ease. Big breaths to that. So, you know, here I am a year and a half later and some change. And um, even amidst the hard, the hard things, like knowing that I can lean into support, knowing that I can tell my partner when I'm struggling, I can call a sibling and I, and I can reach out to find a therapist if I need to. Um, and I say all of this with knowing that, again, that's not always the conditioned response or knee-jerk response for every individual. So that's why I'm here to share. That's why I'm here to instill that, that faith, that self-trust within, that knowing that, that you can too and that there are people, even if you feel like you have very awful toxic relationships right now, there are people in this world who love you or who want to love you who perhaps you just haven't built those connections with yet so take a moment put your hand on your heart take a deep breath obviously if you're driving while listening to this be very safe and cautious open up your jaw and allow your jaw to release Bring some shoulder rolls in, forward, and back. And some really gentle head rocks side to side, opening up your neck. Thank you all for tuning in today. Thank you all for listening. Again, feel free to tap into the resources I left in the show notes. And as always, flick me an email or find me on Instagram if you have anything to share. All right. Lots of love. Bye.